This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. It's Kate Cancelo off. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello, and with me, Cam Ruslan, today talking about the we got so much to get through today. We have two up front. We have Gogolin Doraju. Oh, he's funny, full name. After full 10, name. After 15 years in the, on this show. I know. <laughs> I know. You are no longer the share of uh, uh, Just for Kicks. You see, I was just, I was just following uh, Ross's lead. I know, I know, I know. It's all right. It's fine. I was just taking the, I was just <laughs> taking the mickey. <laughs> so, uh, two it's, name Gogolin. It's, it's too many syllables, I understand. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, and we have Des Corkill. Who is going to change his name to Des, I told you so, Corkill. You cannot say, I did not tell you so, but I told you so. Des, I think and, and, a... and just one viewers, today is going to be called the Des VAR show. Yeah. And uh, Des, I do believe that is, we know that's your name already for a long time. Um, we're going to talk Champions League, but first, yes, we have to revisit the VAR situation that happened between um, Spurs and Liverpool, because we talked about it on the Monday show with Goglin, and since then, the the audio of the the VAR people uh, referees came out, and uh, it's it kind of just made it a bit more horrifying, but it also showed. That it really was human error. I think there are some crazy people out there who are saying it was some sort of bizarre conspiracy. But no, just human error. But the moment you can hear them all kind of go, oh, God, what have we done? Um, Gogolin spoke about it before on Monday. Des, two minutes, go. Okay, well, this is inevitability, this, this happening. It's not just the Diaz situation, but this has been an accident and a situation just waiting to happen. VAR never has been fit for purpose. It takes all, all the authority away from the referees. I don't mind an on-field honest decision that goes wrong, but when they cannot correct the mistake that has been proven to be a mistake, uh, then something's already wrong. We've already seen this with a, a goal uh, conceded by Bournemouth that cost them relegation. At some stage, somebody is going to take this to a court of law because the authorities, the football authorities, have taken the decision-making away from the referees. They've given it to the computers. There was an old um, uh, Harry Enfield show years ago where computer said, no, David Williams it was, computer says no. You're just getting into a situation where humans, referees, are not allowed to manage games. This has been a problem for a long, long time. So this incident has been an accident waiting to happen. There will be a legal challenge at some stage. Jurgen Klopp has already said he'd like the game to be replayed. In any other circumstance, the Champions League penalty, the Henri Humboldt, no, there is no replay because there is no infallible system in place. That's what we were promised with VAR, an infallible system. It is not. It is not fit for purpose. It takes the authority away from the referees. It is wrong. They've had to issue 14 apologies. One for 14 apologies that we know about. There's bound to be an awful lot more. Um, it's still subjective. Most of the incidents are still subjective. Most well, of them, well, this was well, this was our objective one. That's what makes this one different. They're well, still subjective interviews. It's just you've got um, decisions by committee. Uh, the crowd aren't involved. And I'll keep going back to the to the old one. Uh, you take it down the leagues, and it's ruinously expensive to implement. Yeah. 
You but can talk about top does. leagues, bottom leagues. It, you just have got to get rid of this. I'm a lone voice, but I told you so. I warned you about this. In 2016, I started warning you about this, uh, I, and I, I, I am I, fuming. I don't think you are a lone voice, but I would say I don't think it was said anywhere, certainly not written anywhere, that it promised infallibility. Um, but Gogolin, you you have since we spoke on Monday, you have heard, I'm sure, the the audio of the referees at Stokely Park going, "Oh my God, what have we done?" Um, does this change your views on anything? No, it doesn't. Again, again, like I said, what we get, we are okay with for error is that because the linesmen and the referees don't have time to, you know, make that judgment. VAR is supposed to take all that. It took, it takes time. It goes through everything, and then it comes up with an angle. Right and tells you whether the on-field decision was correct or not, and all that. Because and you're given the luxury of time. When you're given the luxury of time, and with all those technology, the margin for error is now, and still it goes back to human error. So if it's still going back to human error, from what we heard from the audio conversation, it went down to human error. Why don't we just go back to human error on the pitch? Absolutely, absolutely. We can live with that. Players will. Well, teams have lived with that for since since '66. Other than Mm. making some people money, what is the point of VAR? Okay, well, I I think we're all in agreement. I, I'd much rather the the old fashioned way, and also get rid of cards and substitutions. Well, there you go, Cam. Cam, you're taking the mick again. And, and, and no, no, I'm not. That's I'm why. Not. That's why I'm really, I, really uh, insistent no. on this. I am a lone voice. I will not win it. I know that. But my word, am I going to keep on banging on this every single time it gets it wrong? No, I I agree with you, Des. I'm I'm, I'm on your side. Um, I'm on Team Des. So uh, let's move on, though. And I'm sure VAR. Does VAR crop up? I'm sure it'll crop up again during our talk on Champions League because we have to go to Manchester United 2, Galatasaray 3, Goglan. Uh, you know, it, it looked like Manchester United had this one pretty early on, the first half of the first half. It's like, oh, they're going to get this one. By the end of the match, last minute winner, I don't know, it was... It was mm. I think there's a huge confidence crisis going on at United. I mean, look at the way uh, Keish was talking about it on Monday. You know, even he, one of the diehard United supporters who's always got a positive lining, was really downbeat. I've never seen him that downbeat before. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, if in, 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 in that translates to the players, and this is a football fan sitting thousands and thousands of miles away. So, I can imagine the atmosphere at Old Trafford. You know, I can imagine how it translates to the team. So, there's a huge confidence crisis going on at United. And, you know, it translates onto the pitch, and we are, and nobody's surprised with the scorelines anymore. Uh, Des, can I ask you specifically about goalkeeping? Absolutely, please. What a difference uh, Onana has made. Yeah, having a player who can pass and not save the ball. Wow, that really improves a team. Magnificent <laughs> decision. Great coaching there. He can ping forty-yard passes when there's no pressure on. But my word, when there's a bit of pressure on, he's passed it as bad as David De Gea ever did. De Gea. I was here against two Man United, <laughs> but unfair dismissal or not renewing the contract. I, I I'm so glad when um, fancy Dan teams get it wrong. It's lovely to see, but when you make it that your mantra, you must play out from the back. You must play this lovely sexy football. Oh, goalkeepers meant to catch the ball and save the ball. Gosh, never mind. Okay. Ah, well then, crazy. Uh, all right, Gogland. Then uh, speaking of crisis of conscience, uh, conscience confidence. Do you think that, I mean, Onana is now in a situation where it must be, he must be rock bottom. It, hey, it would be so hard to come back from It's that. the same template now with what they did with Harry Maguire. You know, it, the fans are going to start turning on him. The media's already turned on him, you know, and because of, I understand why they bought Onana. I don't know why they had to sell the air, but I don't know why they bought Onana because he thinks Tenag style of play. 
And even Odai Emery, when he came, you know, his style of play was played out from the back. I'm not a big fan of playing out of the back, you know, because they, they, you only need to uh, lose it once. And PSG found out against Newcastle. I'm sure we'll get to that. And Arsenal found out against Lons. Exactly, exactly. So this playing out of the back, you know, teams, when the press is there, you, it's very hard. But if, you need, but if you're going to play out of the back, you need to have a keeper who's also going to be with the system. So hence why they bought Onana. But back to your back to your question, yeah, I know he is hit wrong bottom. It happens too many times now. Uh, it, the fans are going to start also. You know, the media is turning on him. The fans are going to stay. If the fans start turning on him, and he's still very young goalkeeper, so it's, it, it will take a lot to come. Look at Maguire. I mean, I know. speaking of Maguire, he's still in the England squad. So hey, yeah. hey, and I happen to be watching the uh, David Beckham uh, documentary on Netflix, and well, he kind of came back from it. So, uh, so it can be done. So we'll move on. In a moment, though, we're going to come back and talk about more Champions League, especially the clash between, what, the two richest clubs in the world here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back with myself, Cam, and Goglan. He has two names. And Des, we only say one name at this point, though. Uh, let's go next to... As I say, I think categorically the two richest teams in the world, Newcastle United 4 versus Paris Saint-Germain 1. But there's, I mean, I kind of like instinctively go toward this thinking, oh, plucky underdogs, Newcastle United. But but they had a rough patch in, in recently, but they did come second in the league. They are the richest club in the world and they probably should be beating Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, the oil derby. Uh, fabulous, huh? <laughs> but for, for Newcastle, there's, there's still uh, a lot of local work at Newcastle and Dan Byrne scoring a, a header mm. that was uh, proven eventually to be over the line. Um, uh, and a couple of local boys scoring the goals. What a night. I, 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 mean, I, don't, think, I don't think it was about over the line. I think it was the build-up, the offside to the build-up to that. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. But it's, it's the fact it's local boys are, are still scoring. So there is still a, a bit of a local heart at, um, at at Newcastle United. Hopefully, they can keep it there because nights like that, they you, you remember them forever. Newcastle fans still talk about the night uh, Aspria uh, scored a hat-trick against Barcelona. That's more than 25 years ago. So, uh, <laughs> these nights, you've got to remember them and cherish them. There will be more like this for Newcastle simply because of the spending power that they have. But very few will be as good as this because they're at the start of their, their money-laden journey. And this was a great night. The atmosphere, absolutely electric inside uh, St. James's Park. And, and PSG looked incredibly ordinary. Mbappe looked ordinary. Um, if you don't yeah. feed these guys, they, they do look ordinary. That, again, is what makes 177% possession, though. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. He had That's a couple my point. of shots. 77 yeah. possession and he lost 4-1. Yeah. <laughs> but but I... the, the superstars, the £100 million for superstars, it's great. But if they don't get the ball... Where's where's the hundred million pounds worth, or two hundred million pounds in Mbappe's yeah. case? I, I think again back to your point, you know that that the the, the whole home uh, grown players who stood up and that, that whole atmosphere at uh, St James is what rocked it. But you know it, at the first twenty minutes, PSG were all over Newcastle, and then they just uh, hit him on the counter with, with that goal from uh, Almiron, right? Yes, great yeah. goal, great goal from Almiron, right again. So and, and that ball was being then was the ball that was being played out, trying to be played out of. Uh, they were trying to play it out from the bank, and of course, they got caught. And uh, Alviron brings, and then you know, long, long staff scored. And then the last, let me talk about that last goal in the 90 something minute, you know, where Shah, who's a defender, 
dispossesses, uh, I can't remember who, in the in front of the D of the PSG penalty box and takes that shot. And in the 90-something minute, that is what you call playing for your, for your club. You know? For him to dispossess in that way a, a central defender yeah. and take that shot. It's a great strike. Great he did yeah. slip though, didn't he? He did, he yeah. did slip. Why, why he was taking the shot? Yeah, we helped him. Yeah, yeah. but uh, okay. no, brilliant. And, and I, I just want to say one thing: uh, a, a plus point perhaps for VAR. That goal, the header, the headed goal. There was so much going on in yeah. that moment that I don't see how humans on the pitch could actually follow everything that was. Yeah, happening. but again, the humans wouldn't have brought it up because they would have just talked about the goal going over the line. They wouldn't talk about the build up to that play, offside being built up to that play, because it's all been secondary. You know, it, it didn't need, that's why they're talking about VAR was picking up on the, on the offside because mm. the goal line technology picks up the ball over the line. So the yeah, goal line sure. technology has always been there. So yeah, yeah, you know. if without uh, well, VAR, we would have just picked up the goal line technology and it would have just said ball over the line. Yep. Okay. So um, mixed results for English team. Well, I mean, did quite well apart from this one. Uh, Lons to Arsenal 1. Uh, Joglin, you've been a great believer in the Arteta project. Um, and Saka, I believe, is uh, possibly could be a, a nasty injury. Yeah, because I think the, uh, I was reading somewhere he's alluding to the fact that he's been playing too many games. Even against the the last game before Lons, he was trying to he was asked to he was asking to be taken off. Oh, and they still left him on. Yeah, so he is knackered, and now the injury it, it alludes to that fact that you know he's old, he's being old played. There's this article on that Athletic or something I read that he was trying to be come off and all that, and he's played just too many minutes. Mm, yeah, there, there, there and now is... he's injured, right? Uh, for is it a big, a big injury, lengthy injury, or I'm not sure. I don't, I don't but, think but, we've been told yet. I don't think yeah, we know yet. But I don't. I, but I think that Lens's uh, result was uh, coming up in such a way that it, it, I don't think it's much of a shock for them actually. Arsenal, yeah. because when they go to Europe, they have a different mindset. Arsenal, I really don't know why they have this fragility mindset. Manchester City used to have that. You know, they used to be like you know, home uh, champions, and then when they go into the continent, they have this fragility against teams. Lesser known teams, no disrespect to Lance. Yeah. Uh, Des um, changed Locked goalkeepers them. again, didn't they? Uh, no, David Dry David played. Uh, David Dry is the number one. Um, the, the, um, Ramsdale's a very good goalkeeper. It's great to have two goalies like that, but David Dry is number one, largely because he's a safer goalkeeper, and yet him trying to play out from the back, not quite in the same way as Anana did, but it, it led to the first goal, which was brilliantly taken by Adrian Thomason. Then the atmosphere at Lons, it was a bit like a uh, bit like the Newcastle atmosphere, uh, a bit like Marseille as well. Early ages against Brighton, we'll talk about then in a moment. When when these clubs who are just in that second tier of uh, of European teams, when they get their fans behind them, gosh, it can be an intimidating atmosphere. That's what makes uh, the European uh, competition so so good because. For Lons, this is almost their cup final, and they've won their cup final. No matter what happens um, for them in this uh, Champions League campaign, they've got this that they can hold back onto, and they can and they can say, "Listen, we can live with the top boys in 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 Britain and beat them." And they deservedly beat Arsenal, who were no, not second rate. Arsenal had their chances, but this was just a great game of football, fabulous game of football, um, where where Lons' passion saw them through. Yeah, and uh, but do you think they're gonna? Go through. I mean, they're, they're second in the table. I mean, they must they must go through. Yeah, they're, 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 they're the top the top English clubs. It, it's a major surprise if they go through because of the depth of the squads. Huge. Well, Manchester United, though. You know, it's, it's, uh, we're only two games in. We're only two games in. You uh, said United are a top club. <laughs> uh, Gogolin, <laughs> Manchester City one. Sorry, what am I saying? <laughs> Leipzig one, Manchester City three. 
I, um, I, a number of things caught my eye. One was, I want to, I want to ask you about Jack Grealish. Is he, um, cause he's ex Villa, but yeah. is he, I mean, he enjoyed winning the, the league the, the, at the end. He had a very good time. Well, do you think he's enjoying life at City? Well, he enjoyed pretty much life at City last season when he won the treble. He, yeah, he, he did. He, he did. He, he, I think he showed the whole world how much he enjoyed it. He's all right. He, players will have ups and downs. It comes It comes with the territory. There's no player is going to have a great time every season. You know, that they come ups and downs. Injuries come. You don't get to play as much. You know, you start getting into the of three runs of games and then the gaffer drops you and then you come back and it, it, you know it's it, it affects the players and all that nobody's gonna but he's he's technically asking he's happy at city he, he wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now you know they tremble champions the champions of europe he, he, he could even expected this being a boy a lad of villa a bit back, you know mm. and uh des i had to google somebody called rico lewis um <laughs> no. Very, very pro- promising kid. Yeah, good. Uh, he's a product of the academy, of the City Academy. Yeah, well, one of the, the really good things that Man City have done, we, we can talk about the, the the crazy amount of money that they've spent, but they've spent it really well. They've got an academy coming through. Uh, the academy facilities are second to none. They, they've changed that part of Manchester with, with the academy. Not not uh, everybody was thrilled about it, but they've changed it, and they're bringing in players through it's a little bit like Chelsea they've got this academy coming through and the players are being uh, sold on if they're not good enough to make the first team then they're being sold on and generating uh, a profit then they they um pay for themselves these uh, academy players but if a player does come through like Foden came through uh Rico oh. Lewis is the next one that they're thinking may 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 well come through the guy they sold to uh, Chelsea as well Palmer, he's a a product of of their academy um they, they they are doing great work behind the scenes you've got to admit that it's just, it's just not fair on the other teams because of the amount of money being spent. But you've got to admire that players like Rico Lewis are getting chances uh, in the first team in big games. And as they showed with Foden, they will play them if they're good enough. But all in all, Goglin, should we admire the uh, City performance? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I was watching the highlights of it. It was pretty routine. Leipzig didn't give them a scare, but it was all right. It was, I think, it was pretty routine for them. It was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a pretty standard City display, if you ask me. Uh, we move on then to a, a really good match, actually. Um, Napoli 2, Real Madrid 3. I think Napoli gave Real Madrid a, a scare that uh, was a big surprise. Hang on, sorry. I think I think there was a standout performance of the Champions League. Uh, then a midweek game was the Napoli-Real Madrid game. You know, there was goals going. Jude Bellingham ran the show. You really want to watch the kids sit. Really want to pick up on some uh, tips on football this weekend. You just got to watch highlights of that or watch the whole game because Jude Bellingham on the ball is 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 he's enjoying his. Well, you asked me about Grealish enjoying football. Look at Jude Bellingham at Real Madrid. He's enjoying his football. He's playing some really good football. And then uh, it was a really. Uh, I think the highlight for me was watching Jude Bellingham. Yeah, well, uh, Des, let's let's praise Jude Bellingham. It was it was it was a uh, I. I wish I could see him more often. I mean, I don't watch. I never watch the German league very much. I don't watch Spanish league much. So it's only in matches like this where I see him, and and every time it's like, whoa. Yeah, he's very silky, isn't he? Um, on retrospect, Liverpool had a big bid for him. They thought a hundred million was being too much, but the way the the market's gone up, then if a player at a hundred million can be a bargain, Jude Bellingham is 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 it? And he's going to get better. He's still only young. He's still is, is he twenty one yet? Um, if if he is, then he's playing at the top team 
well, one of the top teams under the most pressure and impressing. Uh, with England, he is the main man already. Um, he's silky. He can win the ball. He can pass. He can score. He can finish. He can dribble. He's good in the air. Um, it, it's really unfair that he is that good, but a, a, a fabulous prospect. And let's just hope that he doesn't get burned out. Because uh, they, they, an awful lot of the talk is that uh, these young players, they can play too much football. It's difficult to drop somebody as good as that. Uh, that would be the, the one little warning, but there's no sign of that anyway because he seems to have a, an engine like a Rolls-Royce. Beautiful, beautiful uh, runner of the ball as well. Uh, the perfect player. Yeah. And one thing that caught my eye was um, uh, Luka Modric turning up. He's, what, 38 now? And it, it made me wonder about Casemiro and how... Um, Real Madrid were prepared to get rid of Casemiro and so they're clearly they're happy with older players Casemiro is what 31 they, I think they saw something about Casemiro that uh, that that they were not happy to keep on about yeah right? but I think Kish was talking to us about that on Monday that uh, Real Madrid notoriously know when to sell their player and all that and a player, if they had let a player like Casemiro go at that age and still hang on to Luka Modric it speaks volumes for what they thought of losing Casemiro right even though all the money was just too good from United and they got scammed again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Des, uh, the South Coast derby, kind of, in the Europa League, Marseille versus Brighton, honours even by the end 2-2, uh, both from the South Coast. Um, <laughs> I, I I grew up fairly near Brighton, but I, I would support Marseille. I think that I, I, Olympic Marseille for me would be my team. Um, I Really good game. It was a really um, good game. And uh, Brighton... I mean, they had this. They had it. No, they were 2-0 down um, to a, a passionate Marseille. Gennaro Gattuso, in his first home game as coach at Marseille, brought uh, the, the Gattuso passion as a player uh, onto the pitch. The fans really bought into him. They scored two in a minute. One through um, a mistake from Brighton again. Not quite playing out from the back, but trying to be fancy at the back. And so there were two down. So that makes this recovery from Brighton even, even more impressive. Mitoma was outstanding going forward. Um, they they scored a, a lovely goal made made by Matoma. Uh, they had chances to to get the equaliser. The penalty was a, a twenty twenty three penalty, a bare little touch on on a foot. And uh, the, the when when the commentator says, "Oh, there is contact there," uh, what's to argue with the penalty? You know, it's not in real life a, a foul, but it's a touch. Uh, but in twenty twenty three, that's a penalty. Um, but Brighton played really well, played progressive football, weren't intimidated by the the, the Gattuso-inspired crowd. And um, yeah, they. I still think they can't carry on. The, 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 the fact they've sold so many players, the fact they're fighting on two fronts, both league and playing so well, and uh, the Euro, Europa League in, in a tough group, a really tough group, I'm sure it's going to impact them now. But wow, what, what a fun ride it is for Brighton and another brilliant result for them. One little comment. So, so Brighton... They play in blue and white, and one of their greatest, greatest nights in the world will be remembered for them playing in green and black. Marketing. <laughs> marketing for you. Yeah. Not not all change is good. Not all progress is progressive. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I, I don't like the Newcastle United strip. It, there's not enough stripes on it. Uh, there's too much white on the back. I've never liked that. Um, I've run out of time on this, so I'm going to have to carry two matches over. Uh, two European matches over. And so we're going to cut into a bit of Premier League, but here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back 
with myself, Cam Rusland, Des Corkill, and Goglander Raju. Ah, two names you never knew. <laughs> and uh, so, speaking of, uh, well, actually, we should we should look at um, Liverpool first. Liverpool versus Royal Union of Belgium. Uh, Des, how 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 was that routine in the Europa League? Yeah, it was a fairly routine for Liverpool. Um, there were one or two little scares. Alisson um, badly missed a cross and was saved uh, on the line. Canate saved uh, another one on the line. But uh, Liverpool had enough chances, played well. Uh, they put the Spurs catastrophe behind them. There was no VAR. Uh, these routine wins, they, they can be awkward little games because they're not as high profile. But Liverpool's machine is, is very efficient. Gravenberg came on and played very well, scored. Um, a tap-in after the goalkeeper dropped the shot from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, so, yeah, um, a, a pleasing, comfortable-ish win for Liverpool. Um, and they'll look forward uh, to the game with Brighton. But uh, they, the games come thick and fast. And Liverpool will be happy that they're making good progress in the Europa League. Mm. And there are just hundreds of European matches. But we're going to go for just one more, which is Goglin. Aston Villa won against... Um, yeah, a say team it, from Mostar. Say it, say it <laughs> a, a team from Mostar with not enough vowels. Zinich Pit. What? Klinch. Not even I tried. <laughs> how the commentator was going on about it, but it was it was a it was a uh, laboured performance at, at best because of the changes to the squad and what. Zanolio was a uh, Nicolas Zanolio was massive in this game, and McGinn uh, came on in the end and got us the winner. A uh, great uh, European night victory. So it. it uh, I mean, Villa are in a, in a position, I mean, we spoke about this on Monday, at a position where we are, I personally think the Conference League is a bit too, a bit of a distraction for me, but that's, you know, what do I know? When I am really loves for European nights, he play, he loves for European trophies. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. He, he's got his team sent out. I still think we need a bit more in depth if you're going to fight on all those fronts, but we are in the League Cup now. So that's, a, that's a, so it, it balances ourselves out. But back to the game, it was yeah. Again, I like I said, it's labored because we 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 have uh, we've been playing games after games after games, right? And now we got another game coming up immediately on uh, Sunday. It moves. I don't need to know. I will be a fan of the Europa Conference League. To be fair, uh, I, well, I always mm, think it was just be for Team B. Don't don't let Des Corkill hear you <laughs> say that. He's uh, <laughs> Ed. He wants more European champ uh, cups. I don't know what the next one's called. I want clubs. I want clubs to have the chance to have a light, uh, a, a, a night that they can remember. That's All what right. I want. It's okay. not you know, just about the money clubs. Well, it's not about the money. But back in the day, they, the clubs had we had the Cup Winners Cup, which is the which was the UEFA Cup. There were three cups, right? There was the yeah. European Cup, the Cup Winners Cup, and what was the other? UEFA Cup. UEFA Cup. Cup, right? Yeah. What, what yeah. was the Fairs Cup? The, Cup well, the Fairs Cup was the pre-runner to the UEFA Cup. Oh, UEFA Cup. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, okay. Premier League. Score kill. Arsenal versus Manchester City. Could be a humdinger. Uh, it could be. Uh, Manchester City without... <laughs> okay, you can get away with it. Manchester City without Rodri. I think he is the key for Manchester City. And uh, his red card uh, means that they, they City come into this um, match against an Arsenal team still smarting from falling away so badly uh, last year. They were eight points clear at one stage, Arsenal. Uh, City had a game in hand, but Arsenal had an eight-point lead and... They weren't able to go on and, and, and take the league, largely because they ran out of resources and the injury to, to Gabriel at the back. But it, now it's City who are losing key personnel. Uh, City have still got the players. We mentioned Grealish before. Uh, we mentioned Foden, wonderful players. But I really do think it's Rodri who is the glue. 
He's the, he's the he's the central defender when he needs to be. Steps forward, scores important goals. Um, he's the Vincent Company of this current Manchester City team. Vincent Company was so important to the old one. Uh, and if he's missing, and De Bruyne's not there for his little bit of magic, I I think these are the times when City are vulnerable. And for Arsenal, we mentioned that Lance had their cup final against Arsenal in the um, um, Europa League. Oh, sorry, in the Champions League. Yes. This is Arsenal cup final. This is a huge Arsenal uh, chance for Arsenal to make a statement. Uh, so, Gogolin, uh, Des there is talking about sort of ma- potential Man City fragility. I-, I don't see that. I think it's completely the other way around. Uh, oh, I agree with Des. This is if you're going to uh, play City, this is a good time to play City. They're walking wounded. They have the injured. They have a, a huge injury list. And as you saw against Wolves, you know the City are not unbeatable. And Arsenal coming out of a defeat is the only drawback, I think. But you know, like Des said, this is a cup final for them. They'll be up there. They're still smarting from what happened last season, so they will be really up for this one. But if there's no soccer, that's a that's a problem for Arsenal, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. But not much of a problem at Rodri, not for City, though. If you ask. Uh, sorry, less of a problem than than yeah. Rodri. Rodri. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Rodri is uh, the key to what how they won last season. He was the absolutely. big shooting. Yeah, he was absolutely. the anchor. Yeah, know, he was the mainstay. He played literally every game, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. Okay. Uh Des, Brighton versus Liverpool. And Brighton kind of hot and cold. Um surprise results <laughs> one way and the other. But playing really, really nice football. When they lose, they lose spectacularly because they try to, to play football. Um, it can so go. then so then it, they could lose big time against Liverpool then they could lose big time but they also could win big time remember they won three 0 when um when a very dishevelled Liverpool went uh, down to the south coast last year uh, so again Liverpool will look back Jurgen Klopp has this mentality if he if he loses to somebody he he does a hold in his in his memory Wolves was one he he had that in his memory and Liverpool went and played very well against Wolves uh, he's he's still still as a thing with Crystal Palace for a defeat very early on in his time at Liverpool. So uh, so he'll be having his players motivated for this. And Liverpool, after the defeat, after all the Ferrari, remember Liverpool lost last week. You can't really afford to lose more than three games and expect to be champions in, in England these days. It used to be very different. So if they lose back-to-back, that puts a lot of pressure on them. So I can see this being a very good and open game. Uh, probably a draw, actually, because Brighton will be progressive, but a, a high-scoring draw, I'd imagine. Uh, Goglin, uh, do you think that they'll uh, it'll be a KG match? They'll both park the bus and oh. and try to give <laughs> possession to the other side. I think it'll be the opposite of what he just said. That <laughs> these teams are not not known for parking the bus. In yeah. I mean, especially Brighton nowadays. You know, their football they play is pleasure to watch in the high press. Both teams, you know, they they have managers who love the high press. So it will be a it'll be a a good uh, spectacle of watching how these games will play around the press because you know Villa last week against Brighton, you know, with the high press, we just played it over the over there, you know, and we had the, we had the players to capitalize on that. Watkins, DRB, you know, but such. I'll be I'll be curious to see how uh, Klopp uh, stacks up against uh, Deserbi in this one. Okay, so uh, you're going for a, a draw on this one as well. I think so. Actually, a high scoring draw. I'm, I'm agreeing with Des on this one, and I hope our, which... uh, our listener who wrote in on Monday. <laughs> That's right. Taking, taking notes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Des, uh, we had uh, we had some mail. And pointing out that the the Friday show, your the show that you were on, got every single result wrong except for one. No, so... I got four right, four right, six wrong. I oh, keep it. He... I keep. I keep a score. 
Oh, he keeps going. Okay. I'm well, 55% on Premier League this year. 55% correct. Uh, that's, uh, is that good? I don't know. No. I'm 72% oh. overall, but 55% in the Premier League. Okay. Well, I'll try and get this one then. Uh, all, <laughs> all conquering Luton Town versus Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Luton got a result. They got points. They got four points now. And who saw that one coming? And, uh, but Ange's revolution continues, surely. I think they've used all their luck up (laughs) last (laughs) week. Uh, Eventually, no, um, the Ange revolution is good. The confidence is is really, really high. Um, Although, uh, even against 10 men, they look like they were second best against Liverpool, they've come out with a result. And that, I think, is really important. No matter the circumstances, Tottenham will say, three points, look where we are in the table. Uh, look how how we've um, without pay, playing particularly well, and uh, they will fully expect to pick up maximum points against Luton, who uh, who did the smashing grab at Goodison uh, last week and then lost to Burnley. Uh, I really can't see where Luton are other, other than spirit and um, set uh, goals from set pieces. I can't see how they're going to trouble um, a, a club like Tottenham. Uh, Goglin, sure. I mean, do you have anything to add to that? It's going to be. I think sure, I, just yeah. to add to that is, you know, we remember the 10 men uh, against 10 men, they were, they were uh, Spurs won. It's the mental attitude of still going out for the win. The players are playing with a smile on their faces, which what yes. the difference between yeah. last season and this season, you know. There's no drama, there's no this thing, there's no chatter and all that. And just uh, gone 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 with them with the free free He's trusted players. His man management uh, is, is, is right up there. And you can see they're playing, they're all playing for each other. So it's, it's, uh, Everything being said and done, it's a feel-good factor that's come back to the Spurs side. Spurs to win the league. That's what you're saying. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, I said outside. I heard. I said outside <laughs> bed. Yeah, outside no, bed. You're, you're a devil, you are, Cam that's, Aslan. Th- that's what I heard from <laughs> both of you. Okay. Provocateur. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gogol, I'll go straight back to you. West Ham versus Newcastle United. West Ham, uh, by the way, in their European journey, 17 consecutive, well, not losses. Uh, that, unbeaten. I think yeah. unbeaten. That's the highest I think of any um, English club ever. Yeah, that, that's a that's a very good stat actually. And when you realise that, oh, you, you, you come to me for the good stats. Yeah, evidently. Oh, come on, that's a, you got to step up once a season. I'm like a defender who managed to uh, score a, a scorching goal from distance once a season. Fabian Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah. Speaking of Fabian Shaw in Newcastle, I think they're on a high now. Where you know the West Ham. Uh, this will be a very uh, if it's a banana skin, yes, you could say that. But I think you know Newcastle have enough in the tank, especially coming back from that uh, high of uh, beating PSG. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, West Ham are in seventh. They're they're a a, a point ahead and one point uh, one place up from Newcastle United. Perhaps Des, we we underestimate sure. David Moyes and um, West Ham. Uh, I haven't, mate. I haven't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop putting words into my mouth. Uh, the fact it's at um, at London Stadium can make a difference because remember when they first went there, London Stadium was perceived to have been a problem mm. because it's such a wide um, a wide venue. But when it's full and it's getting full most games, uh, it can be quite an intimidating atmosphere. Castle after the high of PSG, uh, this will be a real difficult one for them to get up again because they'll still be operating on adrenaline, but the adrenaline will come down. And uh, West Ham are far more functional. So uh, I would I would think that West Ham 
would have the edge over this uh, at, at, just because it's London Stadium. If it's at Newcastle, then the high would continue, I think, for Newcastle. But West Ham, they're really functional. I'll tell you who's really coming good. Paqueta. Um, he, he scored a, a towering header, but he's dominating games more. Um, he's becoming the, 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 the Brazilian international, I think, that West Ham wanted, a, a real standout buy. And West Ham have got real quality. So, yeah, I can see West Ham beating Newcastle. Uh, James Ward-Prowse not but, but, included in the England squad. Wow. No, Paqueta is the one who wanted to leave the, uh, West Ham and, you know, was like being pulling his trump and all that because he wanted to join City, right? Was that Paqueta? Uh, uh, I think Neves, so, wasn't know, it? I think, uh, what, no, I yeah. think it was Paqueta, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. That was Wolves, Neves. Uh, um, no, no, not Neves. It's, uh, it's Nunes, sorry, Nunes. Yeah. Well, Paqueta was the one. Well, uh, let's go. I'm going to give uh, one more match. Uh, Goglin, Burnley versus Chelsea. Chelsea going to come good, aren't they? Aren't they? Are they? Oh, but Chelsea, you know, they finally, you know, finally, finally, finally won a game and Burnley, they played midweek. I think nobody actually picked up on that. There was a rearranged fixture because Kenilworth Road wasn't ready or something like that and got three points off Luton. So, yeah, uh, it will be a thing. But, yeah, I, I really can't see Chelsea losing this game. But this is the, this is a new Chelsea, so. A new, oh, new new Chelsea since what, last week? Uh, uh, a new Chelsea since last season. You know, the, oh, I the, see. The brand name Chelsea doesn't guarantee three points anymore. Um, Des, say nasty things about Chelsea. I can't. I like them. Uh, oh, I think a young oh. team and um, Pochettino is is good. I'm I'm a huge fan of Mudrick. I think he is going to come super super good. Uh, now he's got his first goal. He can still be a little bit scatterbrained, but um, uh, he will learn. Uh, they they've got terrific players, young players. Um, I, it might not happen this season, but they've got that first win under the belt. I can see them becoming a really really strong team. I'm I'm worried about Chelsea. Um, so I hope they lose at Burnley, but I can't see it happening. Uh, oh. I, no, I, I, I really like the players that Chelsea, not they bought so many and they've spent so much and that's horrific and everything. But Pochettino is a really collected coach. And if he's allowed to coach uh, and the young players he's got, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Chelsea. Sanchez, I like as a goalkeeper right the way from the back through the midfield and up front. Yeah, lots. And they've still got Nkunku to get fit. Top four. Top four finish. Definitely top six, maybe top four, yes. I yeah. can see them going through. A, they're the kind of, kind of team who can win 14, 15 in a row. Okay. Uh, well, uh, we take a quick break. And in a moment, we look finish off the Premier League and we look at the Malaysian game here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to part four with me, Cam, and Goglin, and Des. And Des, I'm going to go straight back to you because I want to ask about Everton. Everton versus Bournemouth. Oh, dear. Yes. So Everton scored a mighty victory recently um, and managed to turn that completely around and get beaten uh, the next week. So uh, where, where, where's Everton? The only, only bright hope for Everton is that they... They're creating chances. Uh, I think there's a statistic, um, Key should know, but the number of big chances not converted into goals, uh, Everton have got more than any team. They've got 18 big chances that they haven't converted. So they're creating moments. They're creating opportunities. But their home form is wretched, absolutely wretched. Lost all four at home. And Bournemouth come in as a, a team who will be scrapping in the relegation zones. I said this about Luton last week. I, 
Everton have got to make home advantage tell, but they're 0-4 at home at the moment. They must, must take home, adva- uh, make, home advantage tell. Otherwise, they are doomed. They really are. The, the financial um, uh, monies are, are, are still very, very pressing. There's no, there's no talk on uh, new investment into the club. Oh, gosh, Everton have just got to scrap. They've got to scrape. They've got to bite. They've got to do everything. And they must win this game against Bournemouth. Otherwise, I truly, truly, truly fear for them. They have to Sean Dyche it, is what you're saying. They do. They do. And it's horrible. But yeah. um, but that's that's what it is. Uh, Bournemouth aren't great. Bournemouth are beatable. But Luton aren't great. Luton are, be- Luton are beatable. And uh, Luton beats Everton. Yeah. And Goglin, Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Aston Villa. Uh, never, never quite what to get from either of these two teams. Yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. Wolves uh, will be coming from a high, you know, and uh, rested. Villa played midweek. They beat Man City. They, they, they should, you know, be a real threat this week. Uh, with Villa, I hope, I hope they translate the same performances that they did again last weekend. You know, it, there's a, again, I, like I was talking about Spurs and the field factor. There's a field factor in Villa Park also. We do now, you know. There'll be there'll be uh, results that go against us, like the five one we lost at uh, opening day of the season. But you see how we bounce back from that. That's why that's the that's how the teams uh, come back stronger. You know, it's not after one result and then you start panicking and all that stuff. So there'll be. Well, I'm quietly again. I know you you will take the Mickey out of this for me, but I'm quietly confident going into the weekend. But you know, that being said, every Friday I come on this show and say I'm quietly confident, and then. We all know you either win six one or you lose five one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Aren't you a little bit? Aren't you a bit brittle on the road though? Uh, a, a bit yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that that I was going to just get to that. You know, it's a way fix show. So we're trying to get, we're trying to fix our way from as we go along. You know, but uh, Wolves should provide us with a stern test. These are the games that say how we are on the road, right? Provide provide stern tests on the road. Well, um, uh, normally. I I don't mention Fulham, <laughs> but uh, we're going to do it, Des. Fulham versus Sheffield United. Also, don't normally mention Sheffield United. Let's mention, <laughs> and um, I I don't know. I I just don't know what to think of Fulham. I thought I, last season I kind of had a, a an idea of what Fulham were um, with Mitrovic up front. It was it was it was but it was basic, but there was some a bit of flair in there as well. I, I don't really know what Fulham are this time. They lack that focal point, you're right, but they play neat football. Decavoda Reed and the Willen um, offer off them nice width, but they're going to be mid table. They're like Crystal Palace. They're, 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 they're neat and they're tidy and they're functional. Um, I'm going to ignore you, though, and talk about Sheffield United. Uh, no, because please, th- please, please. Because I think Sheffield United, um, ooh, they, they are also doomed. Uh, mentioning Everton, the only good news for Everton is that there's worse clubs. Sheffield United. Uh, will battle and they'll work hard, but they've already lost games very, very late on. I can't see them picking up many points. This could be one of the worst um, uh, totals ever with Sheffield United because I don't see where they're going to score goals. Ollie McBurney is probably the only real fact. So Fulham will pick up points from these games uh, against the likes of Sheffield United and they'll lose points against the teams above them. And Sheffield United will be mid-table comfort and Another £150 million into the bank at the end of the season. Sheffield United, they'll have to rely on parachute payments. But without having ex- overextended themselves financially. Correct, didn't, correct. It's yeah. not an Everton situation. They can bounce yeah. back. Yeah, they Everton. didn't go and get some old um, Brazilian superstar from yesteryear. Um, uh, Goglin, for completist st- uh, reasons, 
uh, Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest. You'll have to stand in for uh, Bob Holmes here on the, the Nottingham Forest front. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, Bob's probably, you know, we're probably really sitting in and wondering, what am I talking about? But again, Crystal Palace, you know, Forest that are, I think have learned from their first season at the Premier League. They were really brittle uh, last season. They made it by the skin of their teeth. They, 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 they are a different unit this season, I, from what I see from the games. They, are. they, they have a harder me- mental attitude going into the games. So this will be a fantastic. Well, again, I, I think this will be a draw. For the Forest, there'll be a good point to pick up. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Crystal Palace, can I just point out uh, in the Monday show that Kish, Kishinan was saying he fully expected, as a Manchester United fan, to see Wilfred Zaha um, step up and uh, score a goal. He thought it was going to be the winner against uh, the old, his old club, Manchester United. But it came to pass, so he got that right. He got that prediction right, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, everybody's got, every uh, ex-United player scores against him. <laughs> okay, let's move on now to the Malaysian game. Des Corkill, what has been happening and what can we look forward to? Okay, well, the, the, the league is on a bit of a break and so is the um, Malaysia Cup because the national team have got the Madeka Trophy coming up uh, next week. They play India in the first of the games. Um, so the national team have, have, have got all the squads. That means that it's been uh, AFC Cup and AFC Champions League action. And Johor Darul Taksim got a, a really good result at BG Patam United up in Bangkok. They won by four goals to two. This is after going uh, behind to a, a second-minute penalty. Arif Ayman, who's their star winger, a local Malaysian lad, 20, 21 years of age, Fabulous. He scored a great equaliser, a wonderful fourth goal when um, Johor were under a bit of pressure. Uh, but no, this this was really good from Johor Darrell Taksim. Uh, they play Olsen Hyundai away next in their group. They've got home and away games. You, you play six games in the group. And you know what? They played so well and they, they're so dominant on the domestic game. I think I really think that they're good enough to get to get points uh, against Olsen away and at home and get out of this group. Um, Kawasaki still still to play uh, second time round. But this was a, a fabulous performance from Johor. They overcame the fact they went behind early. Um, they, they played really good progressive football. Bergson terrorised BG Patam United, who are a decent uh, tight team. So really good from, from Johor. Um, yeah, they, they belong at this level. Uh, in the AFC Cup, Trangano got a one-all draw against Bali United. So they're level pegging with... Um, uh, Bali at the top of that group. Central Coast Mariners, Abbasad's team. They beat the other team in the group, Stallion from Philippines. Stallion, I think, oh. are going to be the whipping boys. Um, oh. The Filipino teams are, are struggling a little bit there. They're, they're semi-pro at best level. So they're against the, the, the good teams, they'll struggle. And then last night, Sabah got a fabulous 5-0 win against PSM Makassar. PSM Makassar also are going through financial problems, but Sabah needed that because they've, they've gone out of the um, Malaysia Cup um, they're they're struggling a little bit in the league. They're not going to get into the top two, and so they need um to progress in the AFC Cup. And Darren Lock scored a couple of goals. Sadil Ramdani was outstanding. He's uh, an Indonesian international, and uh, I think he rather enjoyed taking it to an Indonesian team. So uh, all, all good. Uh, three good results. But Johor's outstanding. Sabah's result was much needed, and Tringano were well in that group, uh, having uh, drawn away against Bali United. But our focus next week will turn on to the national team and the Murdoch Cup, and to see what progress we can make. Uh, two two good tests coming up: India in the semi-final, and then it goes on to the final. Looking forward to those games. Mm, mm. Okay, well that uh, brings us then to the end of this week's show. And uh, before we say goodbye, uh, Gogolin, I'll ask you: 
Which matches are you looking forward to over the weekend? Uh, oh, well, definitely the Arsenal uh, City game. And of course, uh, in another way, the Liverpool Brighton game. Yeah, I think Liverpool Brighton could be fascinating and uh, uh, it could be a rugby scoreline or. <laughs> Or uh, or a really, uh, I mean, I'd love to see like a really, uh, like a you, really you, boring nil nil. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, Des, what are you looking forward to? Well, they're the two, but always again, um, older people remember Doctor Who. When Doctor Who was on, you you'd hide behind the sofa and cover your eyes, but still sneak a little look at the television. That's like watching Everton. Everton versus Bournemouth. I cannot stop watching. They're horrible to watch, <laughs> but it's so important for them. That club could disintegrate if they get relegated, and if they lose to Bournemouth, it could be the start of a, a really, I, I, really I really tough don't time. think so. They're going to disintegrate. I think it's, I think Everton needs to go down and come back. You know, when Villa went down, came back. Look where we are now. Yeah, you but know. you didn't have the financial issues. Everton's financial issues are just yeah, but they were, they've, got a, they've got a buyer now, right? They, they, they will have buyers. You know, they, the Everton will always attract buyers. It's, I, I think they should go down and come back up. Well, well, okay. Well, you've well, it's uh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of this week's show. I'd uh, like to thank Goglandur Raju. Thank you for pronouncing my full name. Uh, incorrect. <laughs> yeah, pronouncing it, but incorrectly. <laughs> and Des uh, kill. Uh, just for clarity I'd, I'd, I'd like people to know that I'm against VAR I'd, I'm not quite sure <laughs> if I made that but I would like to clarify that I'm utterly 1000 million percent against VAR I think it is a blot on football and uh, if they could get rid of it mm -hmm. I would but I know I'm going to lose that argument eventually we will coax uh, Des out of his shell and he will finally tell us what he really thinks about VAR. <laughs> uh, but till then, it's just too cryptic. We don't know. Um, so that's Des Corkill. Thank you. And, Pleasure. Uh, and also thank you to our producer, Hanif Baharudin, and, uh, well, I guess myself, Ken Ruslan. Join us next time on Just for Kicks here on BFM 89.9. <laughs> Football tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8 p.m. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.